Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 429. As part of our Art of Living interview series, we have a wonderful show today. I say we because my wife Gretchen, who you all know, and from your emails, all seem to love, just like me, (laughs) will join me with today's guests. Gretchen is wearing her dance professional hat because our two guests have dance professional hats, among others, that they wear too. As I say, today's show is a great one and an important one, and our guests reflect that importance. We are speaking with Robert Sakelli and Roy Barber. More about Robert Sakelli and Roy Barber in a moment, but our equally important subject is the delightful combination of music and dancing to aid in therapy for the aged, including therapy for those suffering from Parkinson's disease, among other conditions of mobility. Music makes you feel happy. Mournful, engaged, soothed, or uplifted. People with Parkinson's disease benefit from participating in musical programs, including dancing. If you have a movement disorder, you may think you'll no longer be able to participate in many physical activities, including dancing. That is not necessarily so. Dancing is good exercise. It encourages mental stimulation and social interaction, can reduce depression, and generally make you feel better. That's our subject today, and Gretchen and I will be speaking with two experts about this. Robert Sakelli and Roy Barber are dance and music experts, respectively, and both know from experience that music therapy has been demonstrated to be effective for people with PD and other movement restrictions. Both Robert Sakelli and Roy Barber will discuss their use of dance and music therapy programs that show that playing and or singing, dancing, and listening to music may have an effect on emotions, behaviors, movement, communication, and cognitive factors. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Robert Sakelli and Roy Barber. Roy Barber, Bob Sakelli, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Paul and Gretchen. It's great to connect with you both. Bob, I'm going to I'm going to ask Gretchen to jump in right now because I know you've got something kind of interesting to share with us and we'll let Gretchen kind of set this up. Okay, so I am a big fan of Mark Morris. I have been for a super long time and I'm so excited to hear that he's doing all of these different things in the space and I'd really love to hear what his description of the program is in his own words. And I know you have a passage from his memoir, correct? I do. This uh, this uh, gives you some background on the development of the Dance for PD program, which was a collaboration between uh, the Mark Morris Dance Group and the Brooklyn Parkinson Group. It began in um, 2001. And in his new memoir called Out Loud, he talks about it. The idea is to improve the well-being of people with Parkinson's. The class makes them feel better. It's precisely the same techniques and point of view as I use to teach class for my own dancers. Holding hands, looking someone in the face, people simply singing and dancing to music. That's my aesthetic. I jokingly compare it to a car wash. They come in looking one way, then leave shining and sparkling. It's therapeutic but it's not therapy. I think that's a perfect encapsulization of what the Dance Repeating Program is about. Yeah, I I think it's wonderful. I mean, I, as as a dance instructor and somebody who's been teaching dance for a super long time, it's, um, 
it I've been I've been aware of all of these different ways that dance is being incorporated into other forms of um you know, helping people who might have mobility issues or other things. And I, I know that there's been a lot of research done in this area, and I'm wondering if you could kind of expand on sure. how Mark Morris came to do this and what the research is that supports it. In 2001, um, the director of the Brooklyn Parkinson Group came to Mark Morris and said, I think that what trained dancers know in their professional and performance lives makes them experts in things like balance, strengthening and stretching muscles, sequencing, rhythm, and aesthetic awareness and creativity. And I think that all of this can help people living with Parkinson's. Out of that invitation, um, uh, the Brooklyn Parkinson Group and the Mark Morris Dance Group collaborated to develop the nucleus of the dance repeating program. And um, I think one of the things that's important to remember about it is that it is about dancing. It is, uh, it's not therapy as Mark Morris noted, but it's therapeutic. It's not done as an exercise class. It's a chance for, it's a creative class. And um, right now, uh, there are more than 300 communities in 25 countries around the world in which uh, classes based on the dance repeat model are happening. So do you, I, I, I know you talked about how they come in looking one way and then when they leave, they look, they're sparkling and shiny new. I mean, there's just a, an aura about them that that's different. So the difference between someone who does do this program and someone who doesn't do this program is one of just kind of creative and outlet and and exercise and and fun and connection would you say well there's more to it though um there's a lot of studies going on around the world about uh the arts and healthcare in general and specifically uh the world of music and dance with people with mobility impairments. One of the things that people with Parkinson's often struggle with, this is Roy calling, uh, is breathing and feeling comfortable breathing and feeling comfortable with their voice as it begins to change. And in a community of people, they have the experience of practicing articulation and sharing sounds and nobody's judging them and blending with other folks in that community uh, where there's no judgment. And what we experience so much is connection and people talking about that, that they don't have to, they don't have to be afraid of what they're sounding like or what they look like. Um, they feel permission to explore and laugh. And it, it's a, I know that a lot of people with Parkinson's come in with lots of self-image uh, issues and feeling isolated and afraid that they're going to fail. And it feels like emotionally and spiritually, this particular process of singing together and moving together gives them a sense of a chosen family uh, to be with. And, and this is Bob, and um, I want to 
emphasized how true Roy, uh, truly and accurately Roy has described the experience. There's also uh, research to back up uh, some of what Roy said and more. Um, for example, the Dance for Parkinson's Network Canada uh, looked at uh, 37 peer-reviewed primary research studies from 11 countries that investigated the effects of dance programs for people with Parkinson's. Uh, the project team that led the review of the published research was headed by four professionals in several different specialty areas of health and medicine, two of whom had professional dance careers. And the results uh, that they found are uh, reported to pr produce these benefits, uh, physical benefits such as improved gait, balance, increased endurance, and decreased motor impairment, uh, cognitive and mood benefits such as improved executive and visuospatial functioning, reduced fatigue, reduced symptoms of depression, diminished feelings of anger, an improved sense of quality of life, and social benefits such as reduced social isolation, improved social life, an increased number of social activities in which they participated. And they also found that caregivers with people with Parkinson's who also participated in the dance classes reported improved personal well-being. That's all from uh, research studies uh, from around the world. Question: your experience, this is Roy Cooling <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, speaking. Um, you work with disabled populations. Um, uh, Paula's yeah, so I, I'm the director of, a, of, a, of the Greater Washington Dance Center, which is in Virginia. And mm -hmm. we have a program that we've now we are completing our second year working with children uh, who have Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And um, working, the, 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 the program is, um, is, is a, it's a movement-based program, obviously, but mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. it does it does all of those things that you just described. Um, yeah. You know, in improving their physical capabilities, we work very. We do a lot of different games and activities that, um, within the context of dance, that help them develop their motor skills and um, their listening skills, and you know all of those things. So we're right now we're currently working with children under the age of nine. But we have plans to expand the program greatly because it's just been, uh, just been really wonderfully received, and I can't I can't tell you how much joy it gives me as a teacher to uh, be exposed to what this is actually doing for these children. So I can only imagine that everybody in your facility is kind of feeling mm -hmm. the same way. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting to me because that's how I came into this whole program uh, of working with people with challenges. Um, when I was in high school, I had, I had a friend who volunteered at um, every Saturday night at a dance-free kind of place, which was for people with Downs and cerebral palsy. And she said, you know, I want you to come with me and see what this is like. And when I went... Um, it was it was the most amazing situation because people who are very self-conscious when they leave or are told to feel ashamed of their bodies 
we're moving freely, we're singing out, we're uh, socializing with each other and really longed to be there and came every Saturday night. And I found the experience uh, so freeing personally and inspiring. Um, I, um, I've, I've played, I've worked with groups of com communities all my life with singing and with movement. Um, when I just wanted to mention some of those experiences I've had. When um, Martin Luther King was killed in Memphis, which is where I'm from, I was 17, <clears throat> and my mother set up um, sort of a, a summer day camp in the burned out parts of the city. And she asked me to come in with some other people and do music and do theater games and do um, movement and and um, and I was astounded, first of all, how much fun it was, but how effective it was in building connections. Um, and so I, I, I thought, I want to do something with this forever <laughs> because it, it, it felt like um, something that I could bring. Um, and my mother, uh, unfortunately, had Alzheimer's. And so we went through a long journey with that. But the last thing that she she kept the singing until the very end, she couldn't speak, but she sang and she patted her feet. Um, and my father and I would sing with her every night. And uh, it's just there's something essential. I think the first way we experience the world is we hear our mother's heartbeat and we through sound. And I think that's something very basic about that. Um, I also have worked a lot in South African communities um, with a youth center there. And because in that culture, um, it, you know, people don't read as much. They tell information through songs and stories and dance. And I've, it's been a wonderful thing. I've, I've worked sort of, um, I created a foundation to help with education there, but what, uh, we do is we they enact spirit, uh, community difficulties they're having, and we act them out, play them out with songs that they bring and dance that they teach me. And it's a very empowering communal thing. It, it's there aren't any stars. It, everyone is essential to this particular community uh, movement, and um, I, I feel like. Um, and I, I taught uh, performing arts in high school for several years and I retired. And when I retired, um, I was asked, I heard that the, the Parkinson's Foundation wanted a choir and they asked me to come and uh, lead it. And I didn't know what to expect, but it, it was a very similar, the people who come to this group um, very much want to connect they don't want to be conquered by what what the obstacle is right now, wherever it is. Um, the people who get better, uh, I'm sure you see this too, are the people who make a commitment and come to everything, who do the dance, who do the exercise, who do the boxing and the singing. And, and somehow they lose the isolation and the, um, the immobility in their lives through participating in these various communities. Um, mm -hmm. I would again, agree. I and I, yeah. I think, you know, you, you, we, we, um, 
we know that, for instance, people who have stuttering issues can overcome that by singing. And it's almost mm-hmm. like putting um, muscle movement to a singing you know, kind of patterning can almost bypass some of the the skill set yeah. that they lose, you know, as the disease progresses. It's almost like making your movement more like a singing phrase can right. can really almost bypass some of that movement mm-hmm. issues that they, they start developing as the disease progresses. I, I just have that gut feeling that that's kind of what I see as well. This is, this is Bob, and I wanted to share my introduction, how I got into the Dance for PD program. It was sort of by accident. Um, I had the opportunity in the winter of 2012 to attend a Dance for PD community class, which is a free class uh, given by that the Mark Morris Dance Group holds when the company is on tour. The company was performing at the Kennedy Center uh, that January, and um, I also uh, had the opportunity to take some master classes from the company at the same time. Um, I had the chance opportunity to attend this class, and I did. Um, I, what I saw there really changed my life. Uh, there were 40 uh, participants and their caregivers from the area, some of whom had already been doing dance repeating classes. Um, I took part in it, and I know the exact moment that things fell into place for me. Some of the material in the Dance for PD program is actually adapted for Mark Morris choreography. Um, we were doing a, a sequence uh, extracted by, from, in fact, the work that the company was performing at the Kennedy Center. Uh, it was a series of gestures, and uh, after performing them, after doing them, we created, we did a canon with these gestures. What I saw in that movement and the people and their caregivers in that room was so of a piece, both philosophically, creatively, and aesthetically with what I experienced by seeing the company on stage and by, and in those masterclasses. Um, That got me hooked. I wanted to know more about the program. And uh, that fall, I began my training at the company uh, as a dance for PD teaching artist. Hmm. We certainly, we know the name Dance for PD, and we've heard Roy talk about singing, and we've heard you both talk a little bit about the, just the value uh, to uh, movement and to flexibility. But there's also a couple of other areas that I wondered if, if you both would touch on these, and that's so many in my my audience, uh, whether movement challenged or facing family members with Parkinson's disease, they face issues of isolation and socialization. And I think those are important to bring to to, to talk to us a little bit about what what are, what are your observations about those two things in particular, Robert and, well, and uh, Roy? In terms of singing, a lot of people are very self conscious about. They don't think they can sing. They don't think they can hit the pitches. There's, uh, they're self-conscious. And what I experience is in a group of supporters, people lose that isolation and, in fact, try to sing or, or learn lots of songs. And they find that it's 
I think it's it. One of the things is it interrupts the isolation. They're singing with people. They're laughing at people, laughing at what they can't quite get in the song. Um, it, it's a miraculous kind of bringing together. Um, and I'm I'm sure that when you create a dance. Uh, Robert or Gretchen it has the same power. You you leave the isolation and the self-consciousness, particularly when you can't walk very well or you can't talk very well, you don't think. Um, by engaging in these expressions with other people, and, and you know, every week we see them. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah. and some of them have been coming for two years. Yes. Um, yeah. This is Bob. Um, one of the things that actually the, the Dance Repeating program is about is breaking down that social isolation. We have seen both, uh, I've seen both in the class that Roy and I co-teach and in a previous class that I co-taught, a sense of community and support and warmth and friendship um, grow among the people who sing and dance together. Those are really important things to share and it brings people together in a different way than other activities do because you're you're creating something you're engaging in something beautiful and both music and movement really touch people on very deep levels as, as Roy was talking about so beautifully with his mom um, some things remain some essential things remain despite physical and cognitive challenges. And I think music and the, the, the joy of moving and the joy of doing that together are some of the most deeply ingrained things that we can help um, bring to the surface again for people. I have, I have a friend who says that, you know, a long time ago, we were all sitting in front of a fire telling stories and singing songs and, and trying to share what we have done that day to movement. Um, and I think what uh, an important thing about our class, Robert, is that we don't allow people to fail. No. Nobody fails. Nobody fails. And nobody's belittled in any way. Yeah. We, what, what, one of the things that we found really wonderful to see over the course of the time that we've been teaching is people grow people growing in their confidence about singing and moving but also in the confidence in their own creativity we do a lot of improvisational work in our class and the best thing about improv is there's no right or wrong and we've seen beautiful things happen uh, as we've created work together our class which uh, for its music draws mostly on Broadway show tunes and popular songs of eras that older people might, might recognize. So we do a lot of storytelling through music and dancing in our class. And we found that people have wonderfully eloquent things to add to that, even if they've never danced before. Something essential comes out when the music starts. When you're talking about the social elements, one of the things that I have found with the program that we have is the incorporation of the caregivers as well. I think you said that you that the caregivers can participate. Is that true? 
Yeah, because I have found that this is also a huge population that is very isolated at times as well. And and I I am just overjoyed by not only what's going on with the children, but also with the caregivers who are able to connect and communicate and express themselves as well, which has just been phenomenal. Yeah, we, um, there's a couple, well, there's several caregivers who've been a part of our class, um, but there was a couple where the, um, the wife uh, was having a lot of memory and um, issues and would get a little lost in her movement and her husband would sit at the back of the class and just watch. And then he started moving closer and joining in some of the group movement we did. And then he began bringing music in that she knew like um, uh, Jewish Klezmer music. Klezmer music that and songs that she knew and they both knew together. And that became a part of what the whole group did. And and he was so excited to bring something beautiful into this class that he was giving his wife as well as the rest of us. That's really, that's lovely. And, and Roy, I, I, I want to tell you, how, I, just, I just so appreciated hearing uh, the story of your, of your mother and, and just this, this last example. I wonder if you have any other individual examples that you might share with us and, and, and what they experience. Of course, no names, please, but, but tell us a, a little bit about what some, what some people will. Sure. This is Bob. I can tell you about another class participant who's been with our class since the beginning. Um, being part of our class has really sparked her interest in learning more about dance and specifically the Dance for PD program. She found online a, uh, a presentation made by David Leventhal, who's the program director of the Dance for PD program, and uh, spent uh, a number of years as a member of the Mark Morris Dance Group. He was addressing uh, the Davis Finney Foundation for Parkinson's. It's a Colorado-based organization. And uh, the title of his talk was Approaching, managing Parkinson's with the mind of a dancer. And um, our student really responded to it and shared her thoughts about it with uh, a staff member of our sponsoring organization, Chevy Chase at Home, which is a, one of many senior villages in the Washington, D.C. area. Here's what she told her. Uh, he speaks eloquently, even passionately, about the mind of a dancer, their discipline, and how those who are in the world of dance approach things, small things and large and everyday tasks, in a way that not only works, but also brings joy. His message is his wish to, is his wish to share this, so that others may experience the gifts of dance and share in the joy. He talks about some of the techniques such as imagery, musicality, intent, repetition, sequencing, and others that enable the creation of movement, no matter what the situation or physical limitations of the space or of the body. Throughout his talk, he mentions that this relates to all people and that it also relates to people with Parkinson's. If he were speaking to a community of people who are enriching their lives in dealing with the changing circumstances brought on by aging, he might have changed his terminology to say how it relates to us, the people in our neighborhoods who are taking charge of our options as we age in our communities. When he speaks of outcomes, 
I can attest that we and our Wednesday song and dance class have all experienced those outcomes. What is said about the expressive force of movement is also true for music and especially vocal music sung in groups. In combining these two for our class in the Village Hall, Bob and Roy bring together two basic elements of universal expression. The show tunes Roy teaches us are in turn used by Bob to give us movement, feeling, and intent for the involving dance. And all along the way, we come to know one another, we have fun, and feel good. For me, the experience beats physical therapy, yoga, Pilates, the gym, and any, anything else in terms of its physical benefits. That was as good and as beautiful and as eloquent as a appreciation we could ask for. We, um, one of the things that happens, of course, when you, when you are dealing with older people is sometimes they die. And we had um, this wonderful, I, I can't, I won't say her name, wonderful woman, bright red hair. She was 94 years old, uh, always glamorously dressed. And she had her daughter, who I believe had some challenges, and she brought her caregiver named Angel. And we all loved her because her, her commanding gesture what, every day when she would blow everyone kisses and she would move as she could. Um, but we would all be sort of charmed by her circle. And unfortunately, um, although inevitably, um, she died over the holidays and people brought their sadness about losing her to class because it felt like they were, they had lost someone who they had been intimately engaged with for a couple of years through this process. Um, I don't know. It's just another, there's something going on here, which is is healing and significant. And that's, that's actually another important thing that we've done together. We share our memories of this person. uh, And, um, what we decided was that to honor her, we would use her signature kiss-throwing gesture as the final gesture of our closing circle every class. So to honor her memory and each other by in, in uh, honoring and repeating that gesture. Uh, one of the things that we have discussed in our training over the years at our advanced trainings at the Mark Morris Group is grief and overload of caregivers. And uh, it's a very real element of the population that we most often are dealing with. And um, although, again, our class isn't designed to be therapeutic, I could tell you that in recent weeks we found a lot of consolation and joy in remembering this class member and continuing to move and create together. It's, it's been a really interesting and insightful experience for us to go through this. It feels together. like it's more than the sum of its parts. There's something else happening. Yes. With people being so available to each other and, and free to express themselves openly and honestly around music and dance. Yeah. It's not like anything I've seen before. It's an impressive 
program. I know you've mentioned the name. It is Chevy Chase at Home. Yes. But Roy and, and Bob, tell us a little bit more about the classes that you offer kind of overall. And then make sure to tell us, too, uh, where we can learn more about what it is that you do, where you do it, and even if audience are not in this regional area around the the district or Maryland or Virginia, tell us where else they might go to find some information out. Let me give a little background on what senior villages are. Um, It's a nationwide movement. They're basically neighborhood-based membership organizations that provide a variety of resources and services for people aging in place to help them thrive as they do that. There are about 75 uh, senior villages in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. Ours is one of them. And um, we're just across the district line in Chevy Chase for our classes. Um, I need to acknowledge how supportive uh, the chat, the staff at Chevy Chase at Home is about our class. Um, we uh, we teach every uh, Wednesday afternoon a class called Music and Movement, and uh, certainly invite people in the metropolitan area to learn more about us and perhaps visit us to see what we do. Because talking about what we do is fine, but people need to experience it. I think you were also asking for like a, a an outline of what the class does, what we do when we, uh, we go into class. Okay, so um, I do a series of, of, of vocal warm-ups, you know, scale singing, pitch matching, you know, things we all do together. Then we all sing, oh, what a beautiful morning. And then um, Bob takes over with, right. um, we, um, we carefully plan our classes around the music. Music, I always say, is the heart of our class. Uh, we sing Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, or we've been singing a uh, Beatles song, too. Here right. comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Yeah, right. Uh, most recently. And we do a sun salutation, uh, a movement sequence based on a sun salutation. Uh, we sing some more songs. I lead movement based on those. Um, three quarters of the class is done seated. Uh, and uh, we choose a variety of songs. Um, we also then move to standing. Some people work seated, which is absolutely fine. I think one of the important things people should know about these classes, whether they're our class or any dance for PD modeled class, is that everything is adaptable. People work to where they are that particular day in terms of how big, how small they move, any any aches they may be having, uh, all of that is able to be encompassed in, in everything we do. One of the things that sets our class apart is that we combine both singing and dancing in the class. And when Roy and I had the opportunity to start the class, we both decided, because we love musical theater, we're going to use Broadway show tunes as the, the basis of our musical repertoire. Um, this allows us to bring in some songs people might be most likely would be familiar with to introduce them or reintroduce them to songs they might not be aware of. And since we're a dance class, it allows us to experiment in a wide variety of styles. 
Um, we recently uh, uh, focused on the music of a Broadway team called Adler and Ross. They wrote uh, the scores for uh, Damn Yankees and the Pajama Game. Bob Fosse choreographed both of those shows. So um, we used uh, those weeks to explore Bob Fosse movement. We were doing Steam Heat with Fedora. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, we've also looked, for example, at... Um, and uh, everybody was doing it full out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No self-consciousness, no <laughs> MIT. I still the... Uh, you know. we, were, we were playing. Right. Playing yeah. with me. Exactly. Yeah. We're ready for the next national tour of Chicago, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, but we also, uh, we also, during the same time, we were singing Hernando's Hideaway, uh, which is sort of a Spanish, you know, tango... Tango-y inspired tune, but that let me bring in flamenco, our movement, and finger and wrist movements, for example. We looked at folk dance through the lens of Fiddler on the Roof. We have danced to Julie Stein, Stein, Stein songs, and uh, we did a little soft shoe to uh, one of his tunes. Uh, Jerry Herman uh, has some wonderful songs that we've sung in class. So Roy and I look at this also as a way to give a little sense of theater and dance history, uh, as well as uh, the other things we do in class, and people really respond. Mm -hmm. Well, you're both doing some very important work. It, it's really just a pleasure and, and an honor to talk to you both. I know that uh, our audience is going to be very interested in this subject, of course, uh, Roy, Barber, Bob Sakelli, we will put up links to where our audience can find out more information about what it is that you're doing, as well as Dance for PD. But uh, Bob, Roy, thank you so much. Gretchen and I have just enjoyed our conversation. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for being so generous, and thanks thanks for all the great work that you're doing. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for your interest. Thank you, Paul and Gretchen. My thanks to Robert Sakelli and Roy Barber and their generous time about an important topic. My thanks to my wonderful bride and co-host today, Gretchen. And my thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.